Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.podomatic.com. Hello, you're listening to Luke's English Podcast, and this is part two of the conversation I had with my cousin Oliver recently. Right, so we've had a little short break there. Um, let's let's move on. Ollie, take the fez. Okay. Let me pick one out here. Okay, analog versus digital. Analog versus digital. Mm. Uh, so let's say if we're talking about um, music, yeah. re- recording music. Um, well, what is analog and what is digital? You should know about this. You're the sort of um, you're the broadcasting sound recording guy. Yeah, that's really difficult. I should know that. So an- analog is when it's just a kind of it's continual and it's it's um, a true reflection of. I think I think it's it's way it's a it's a way of um, uh, sending data basically, isn't it? Right. So so for example, analog data comes through in waves. Um, and um, whereas digital data comes through in in binary code, like noughts and ones. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And and um, somehow I think that you can fit a lot more data through a digital signal than you can through an analog signal. Well, it's it's actually more about how you store that data than how you capture it necessarily. Right. Because um, you know, you can an MP3 is a digital file. You can store masses of data on there, whereas a, a vinyl disc is analog. Right. It has a capture. You know, you, the, the needle runs across the surface, and, and it, it directly reads whatever that those waveforms are that are scratched into the surface. Maybe we should just narrow this down and talk about vinyl versus digital. Okay. okay. Right. So we're talking about listening to music on a vinyl record or listening to music on an MP3 player. Yes. Okay. We can do that. Pros and cons. So let's start with vinyl. Which one immediately comes to your mind as being preferable? Well, just for sheer convenience, is is uh, digital. Yes. But um, vinyl is a true reflection. You can kind of scratch with it. So Marshall McLuhan says that when one technology gets superseded, it's only when, at the point at which it gets superseded you recognise what its strengths are. Okay, so that's like when, for example, another technology replaces a previous one, at that moment, we realised the, all the good things about the previous one. That's so right. up until the point where CDs replaced vinyl, people were going, "Oh, I, I can't!" You know, vinyl is so annoying. They're so big. They they get scratched. They, yeah. The needle jumps. We you know we need to find something better. And then CDs come along, and suddenly they replace vinyl, and people start going, "Oh, but vinyl was better. The sound quality was better. Exactly. You could scratch the records. You know, yeah, you, yeah. It, it, they they were much much better. Like if you listen to Sergeant Pepper on vinyl, it sounds a hundred percent better than it does on the CD version. Yeah, you could speed them up and slow them down. Yeah. You have more control with vinyl. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And there's something very pleasant about the crackling sound at the, that you guess at the beginning of a vinyl record yeah. but are they really better so this is the thing basically analog has nice kind of nostalgic associations but let's be honest digital is just better isn't it 
Really? Well, you know, um, we've lost something that we had on, in vinyl. You lose your spontaneity, I think. And, and that sense of, you know, getting a record out of your record collection, placing it on your record player, putting the needle on the record, and that's it. That's the record that you're listening to. Yeah, and that's yeah, it. Yeah. You, you know, it's much harder to switch, to stop that record, to switch to another one. Because when I get home, you know, when I listen to music on my computer, I rarely just let the music play. I'm always yeah, fiddling yeah. around. It's like playing the next That's it. track. Or you, or you really put a whole album, if a new album, you kind of pick the tunes you like most and you don't get, give it time to kind of develop in your mind. Yeah, and, and when, when we had music on vinyl, you had you had no choice really, you just had to listen to all of the songs. Yeah, the artist had more control. Yeah, and, and that meant that um, you were exposed to slightly more interesting music, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but then again, with digital, now we can share music a lot more easily, and so you have most people have more music now in their computers than they ever did before in their vinyl collections. Yeah. And it's a lot more accessible because it's just there at your fingertips. So maybe now we actually get exposed to more music than we did before, but do we listen to it in the same way as we did when we had vinyl? That's true. I think it's more about sharing mm. music than it is about kind of experience it these days. You know what's the best for me is when someone's got a fantastic collection of vinyl records and they're, they're, they've got enough time to put all of those vinyl records into their computer. So they, <laughs> they, they hook up their record player to the computer yeah, and they digitise all the vinyl and that's brilliant because you still get the crackle of the vinyl, you still get the warm analogue sound but you've got it on your MP3 player. <laughs> okay. That's my favorite. So, okay, that's that's the that's the answer. Sort of like analog music, but in the form of digital technology. Um, right. Next, um, clock time versus exper. Ex how do you say that? Experiential time. Clock time versus experiential time. Right. Now you chose that. What's yeah. what's that all about? Well, it's, clock time is is kind of how the clock. Uh, very regularly divides up the day into seconds and minutes and hours and it doesn't stop, it doesn't speed up, it doesn't slow down, it just continually marches onwards in a regular way. Mm -hmm. Whereas experiential time is your personal experience of how time passes. Okay. So, you know, if you're waiting for someone and you're in a slightly uncomfortable situation and you're a bit sort of uh, impatient, that time seems to last, last a lot longer than, say, when you're really enjoying yourself or you're, mm. you know, you're playing music and you're lost in that music and yeah. before you know it, you know, time Past. So sometimes it feels like, as you experience it, time seems to slow down or speed up. Exactly. Whereas the clock is like a regular kind of standardized um, speed of time. So, like, they say that time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. But when, let's say, when you're bored, when you're waiting for a bus, you're literally counting the minutes or counting the seconds, and you, it just can't go any faster. It's so slow. Um, so, so? clock time, you kind of feel like a, you're a slight... For me, I feel a bit of a slave to... Clock, clock time. time, and that you know, you're. I, I find myself looking at the, my watch more than I ever used to, and you know, dividing time d days up into sort of segments, and feeling like I'm the idea of wasting time, yeah. all that kind of stuff is forced upon you by this this sort of human notion of clock time. I think that it's. Um, I prefer experiential time. But thing is, for us, for us to actually organise anything, for for people to do things in a synchronised way. Mm. For example, if you know you work at, in, in your in your uh, office, if you want to make sure that. 
you have a meeting and you want everyone to arrive at the meeting at the same time, you have to use clock time, don't you? True. You can't just say, come when you know you feel like it's time to come, because then everyone will arrive at different times. No, but previously you would, you would kind of go to each person, gather them and say, oh, have you got time? And you know, we'll all gather. You know, an example of, of being, previously? Being, at, when? Being, at a, being at a meeting on time isn't a great example for me of, of how great clock time is. Really? I don't necessarily want meetings. I don't want to be at a meeting. No, but if you, I'd rather be doing something okay, else. It's not a meeting, let's say it's like a, a music event. Yeah. And, uh, you know. You I agree, it has, definitely has value. I, I agree, it's definitely useful, but it doesn't. <laughs> I think, it's, I think it's, it's not a question of whether time has value or is useful. <laughs> no, or not. I think it's like. We couldn't. We couldn't really organise the world without regular synchronised. No, not the way time. it's organised now. That's true. I don't know but how it could be organised with with a kind of flexible stretch. No, no, but time. you have the sun up and sun down. Like humans existed before we had clocks. That's that's the I point. I think that time existed. Be, yeah. Timing time has exi existed before we did. Yes, but we didn't used to divide it up second by second to that extent. It used to be much broader. Did it? Yeah. We used to have pendulums and so clocks. This isn't, this isn't, like, your argument is not against time. It's against how busy you are, so how many things you have to do at work. Yeah, but it's it not, is, it's, time is not the enemy here. It's uh, no, but it's, the, it's, the, it's how kind of how anxious that that degree of detailed division of time makes people. So you're saying that you just had you know three hour chunks, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's about me. You're right. Yeah, I think that I think your your argument is not with time itself, but more the fact that you have many things to achieve in your in your working day. You just don't have enough time. Yeah. So you can't really blame time no, for the but fact you, that you, you, you are busy. No, it's clock time. That's the difference. <laughs> that's the difference because time, you, uh, the clock time, and experiential time, you have to distinguish rather than just time. That's the whole point. There are I two types. I see. You know? I see. But you have to understand that experiential time is utterly subjective version of time. And but time is subjective. Everything is. That's the point. Well, as human beings, we are experiencing mm, everything. Yeah, but you can have a clock running, and no matter who looks at the clock, their clock is pretty much always going to be showing the right at the same time. We can all agree in the room, even though we all have our own different subjective experiences, we can all agree that that time is running at that certain speed. That's the same for all of us. So yeah, time exists about... outside of our uh, perception of it, doesn't it? I mean, as far as we're, we're aware. As far yeah. as we're aware, yeah. I mean, you know, as much as we can make a statement that something is real or not, I mean, we know, we, we, I'd say that time is pretty concrete Okay, so if we're both staring at a clock, yeah. right, and um, you're waiting for a really urgent phone call to find out whether or not, you know, your baby's been born yeah. or something, and uh, I'm just we've got really enjoying the clock. <laughs> or listen to music or something. Yeah. You know? um, your experience of that will be different to mine. So it will feel like it's the, the time is running more slowly for me than, than it is for you. Yeah. Because you, you'll, you'll just be lost in the music, whereas I will be like literally hanging on every moment waiting for this phone call to hear about yeah. a, my child that's been born. I feel, I feel like the, the kind of this notion of clock time sort of interrupts the flow of our lives and makes us generally more anxious. I think that it's not the time, it the me, time it's, me, thing. It? it's just the fact that events happen. It's not that they happen. It's not that time does that. It's just that events occur, and um, depending on the seriousness of those events, that means that you f sort of feel like time is moving more slowly. It's n it's not the 
it's not the passing of time itself, it's more the, the significance of events which occur within that time, you know? Anyway, let, we're, this is, this is ex we're extremely uh, deep philosophical conversation about yeah. time. And I, I don't think anyone has really ever got to the bottom of the whole what is time question. No, let me say one final thing, right? Yeah. If, I, if you have a house with no clocks in it, Okay. You don't look at the clock for kind of three days. You're just doing your thing. I'd probably Which be, be more relaxed than a house that has various digital clocks that reminds you. Oh, three hours have passed. Two it, hours. Have passed. I, I, I think it purely depends on what I have to do. So, for example, if uh, so wait, you, wait, hold on a second, you have no appointments. No, if I no, if ah, well, that, that, that's the thing. If if I have no appointments, yeah. If I have nothing to do, nothing yeah, to achieve. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about if uh, am I going to die at some point? Yeah, we all are. We all are. We're all going to die, <laughs> yeah. and so I. So basically, the only factors are that I'm in a room, and I can. can I'm in a room. Day, I, 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 I'm, I'm, in a, I'm just in a room. Let's say. Okay. Um, I have nothing to achieve. I, don't, I have no responsibilities um, at all. I have nothing to achieve. No tasks. And I've got, let's say, how many? How much time am I going to spend in this room? Does it matter? No, you slightly changed the parameters here. Okay. You're not I'm just in a room. I'm just. I'm just trying to <laughs> cut out all of the other factors. So it's just. Me and time. You know? You're doing what you want. This, that's not what I'm. What I'm no, no. Say. I'm just. I, I haven't finished yet. I'm just trying okay. to establish the situation. Yeah. Let's say, okay, I'm a nice house, mm. um, and uh, I've got nothing. I don't have any responsibilities or no deadlines to meet. I don't have to go and see anyone. No, I've got nothing. Things you just you set yourself to do that you want to do. Uh, okay. You know. All right. So you might want to record a tune or a podcast, for example. All right. Um, Okay, so basically you're, we're eliminating all external um, obli uh, obligations. Um, which one would I prefer? Would I prefer to have the clock on the wall or not to have the clock on the wall? Does it not psychologically make, give a slightly different feeling to that time? I guess if I didn't have the clock, yeah, I'd probably prefer not to have the clock on the wall. But, but if we introduce one other factor into yeah. this, which is that, let's say, on the third day at lunchtime, at one o'clock on the third day, yeah. you have to go and meet your girlfriend yeah. um, for a romantic lunch, right? Um, would you prefer to have the clock or not? The I would, clock? I'd say to her, call me when you're leaving. Ah, right. Yeah, okay, you're kind of cheating. Because <laughs> yeah. I think that uh, if I had something to achieve, and let's face it, we all have things. But you're being practical we, rather than. But we all have external obligations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can't factor them out. So I think it's not the. It's not the clock, it's not the time, it's the fact that stuff is going to happen beyond our control and we need the clock as a way of measuring um, you know, you know, when, when those things are going to happen. It's, we use the clock as a way of controlling that somehow, well, but it's not the clock, it's the, it's the fact that something external is going to happen which you can't really control that you your your then your day is defined by that event so we no. need the clock to measure uh, our our experiential time to the time the standard time that everyone else is judging their day yeah, by so it's about coordination yeah yeah so yeah, it's yeah. the fact that it's, it's actually the, the fact that we've based all that, all of our organization upon the clock rather than the fact that you know, the clock helps us organise ourselves. We've organised ourselves in a way, in a certain way, because of the clock. I think it's ex external obligations dictate the fact that we need a standard time to coordinate everything. But we've organised things in such a way because we have clocks. It's not that I don't think so. Yeah, of I course think, we have. I think that clocks. Um, we still have I mean, a time is a, const is a constant thing, and it's always been there. But we didn't used to arrange things in the same way before we had clocks. 
this is about clocks. So if you know, think about <laughs> seriously. Think about when pre-clocks you had obviously societies and villages and stuff before you had kind of these complex machineries with pendulums and such like. Yeah. Okay. People still managed to meet. Obviously, but they, families but, who lived together. You but, still had farmers who, who made crops. You but civilization was less effective. It was less efficient, possibly because and, and then, then it was less global. It was less across dis- large distances and all that. Kind and of stuff. we we then invented the clock, which was a way for us to track time and standardize time, and that allowed us then to coordinate things. Yeah. So, and so the general standard of living did probably. Come I up. think the clock <laughs> is a good thing. Uh, I'd like oh, to keep right. the clock, but. Uh, I think, I think your issue here is is with external obligations it's about and the pressure that you feel to observe the clock as a result of having these external obligations. That's it's what. It's not actually about obligations. It's about my desire to achieve things. And the clock, the passing, the clock tells you, and in a quantifiable way, how much time has passed. And I find that makes me anxious because I feel like I haven't achieved everything I want to achieve. So okay. yeah, it's, it's quite personal. What I would say then is, when you feel like that and you you don't have. A, a specific obligation to meet. Just, just don't look at the clocks. Like uh, hide your clocks. Yeah. Like you've got a clock there on your on your video player. You're right. Just hide it. We should do that now because it's probably making you nervous I right am now. Anxious. Right. Well, well um, I tell you what, mobile phones make me anxious as well. But we won't go into that. Mobile phones make you anxious too. Well, I think what Turning you need. Turning your phone off is quite liberating. Leaving it behind and going out of the house. Oh yeah, very liberating. Similar kind of thing. But I, I rarely phone, turn my phone off these days. I should do it more often. Exactly. But you know, my girlfriend, you know, if she to call me, I want to be available. Yeah, that's true, but you are in a long-distance relationship. That's true, so are you. Yeah, true, okay. What I would say is when, when you have the opportunity, I would say forget about the clocks and hide the clocks. If you know that France, you, that's what I do in France. That's what you do when you go on holiday to France, and I think yeah. it's a very healthy thing to do when you're yeah. there. Um, right, Fez. We've, we've got too many things to discuss here, and I think our conversation about clocks... May get dropped and cut. I don't know if it will be... I don't know. People always say, do you edit these? And I sort of say, no, I don't, because I can't decide which things are valuable or interesting or which things aren't. I think sometimes, if it's very serious and, and uh, like angry, and like if it would be offensive to people, yeah. like really offensive, not just something like, about swear words, but... Like real time evangelists. But, yeah, I don't know, just re- really really offensive stuff, then I would consider editing that. Yeah. Uh, or if it was impossible to hear, so if, you know, three people were talking all at the same time, yeah. and it was just impossible and, and to hear, and it would be very demotivating for the students to listen to, then I would cut that. But if it's a what I consider to be actually quite an interesting philosophical discussion about time yeah. I think that that's a perfectly valid thing for, for people well, maybe, to listen to seeing as these are quite sort of chunked up questions you yeah. can maybe just group these into separate I probably could make several episodes out yeah, of this yeah, yeah. yeah. So I group, group them by theme we should probably just press on. Yes. <laughs> we could do all of these, and I could make this into two podcasts, because my oh, listeners, yeah. they, they love this kind of stuff. Do they? Where we just ramble. Yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. I mean, when, when, I don't know if we're being as funny as... as can, I, can I actually make a, a plea that people who agree with my clock time perspective... Yeah. I'd like to know whether I'm alone in this anxiety. I'm concerned that the to listeners... let you know. I'd I, like them to let you know. I'm concerned that the listeners don't really understand what your position is on clocks. Oh, I think they will, that's my point. Your, your point is that you resent the passing of time. because yes. it, mean, <laughs> yes. it means that you feel there's a pressure that you're not going to achieve everything. Yeah, but I, I resent clocks reminding me that the time, how much time is passing and quantifying it. Yeah. You've just 
that's been a whole hour, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I know. It's, I find uh, that, that's the sort of clocks are very useful, but at the same time, they're deeply annoying and stressful. Yes. Uh, yeah, I do find I'm, I'm most stressed when, like, the clock is always involved when I'm really stressed. Somehow. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's like, hello. I think you might be. It's like when you're trying to you're write. Gonna, you're going to be late. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you might be late. I think that you don't have time for that. Yeah. You know, come on. That's what the clock's always doing, isn't it? The clock is rarely kind of going. Although sometimes the clock says to you, "Hey, don't worry, relax. You can." You're okay. Just stay in bed. You've got a whole hour. Yeah, you can um, just do whatever you like. You know, unusual, but yeah. That's true. Sometimes they're like really nice, but most of the time the clock is like on your case. Well, you know, you yeah. Okay, you do have two hours uh, to before you have to go to the meeting, but you know, um, maybe you should start working now. Yeah. Oh, you know. did I say two hours? I meant one hour and fifty nine minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, saying that, sorry, one hour fifty-eight minutes. Yeah. Oh God, time, eh? Um, I feel like the clock is a bit like you know when you start writing a document or a letter on Microsoft Word, yeah. and that little paper clip or the mm. dog arrives. And, hello, it looks like you're writing a letter. You know, it's a, it's yeah. a bit like that, isn't it? The clock sort of goes, hello, it looks like you're trying to achieve something today. <laughs> yeah. um, can I just remind you, you've only got eight hours left um, in, you're, in the you're, day. Can I remind you that you're seven minutes closer to death? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can I just remind you that you're constantly getting closer and closer to death at yes. every step? Your finite time upon this planet is expiring. <laughs> <laughs> I find that stressful. Okay, we should start now talking about something slightly more lighthearted. Okay, yeah. um, okay, McDonald's versus Burger King. Uh, Whoppers versus Big Macs. Yeah, I know already. I know exactly what I think about this. It's McDonald's. Oh, uh, really? I do yeah. like the cheeseburgers. Burger King is crap. Okay, done. Next. Next. Okay. Um, if Burger King's more expensive and it's not as... It's just... It's just horrible. Yeah, okay. I think I agree with that. It's like the sort of burger you get at some cheap... Music festival in yeah, a it's park. Yeah, it was dressing itself up as sort of. We're the king of burgers. Yeah, they are not. And also, whopper <laughs> is also another term for a cock. Yeah, exactly. Why is that? What What is good about putting a whopper in your mouth? Um, okay, re um, still on the subject of food, red sauce versus brown sauce. Oh yes, for me it's red sauce. Well, we should probably explain. This is. In your average English cafe, you get three types of sauce. Well, mainly two, maybe, mainly two, possibly three. The two are red sauce, brown sauce, and maybe a kind of yellow sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this just shows how sophisticated we are about food. Red sauce, of course, is tomato ketchup. Brown sauce is, well, HP sauce. Its, its actual name is Ooh, is um, HP sauce or or most commonly it's just called brown sauce and it's kind of slightly spicy um, version of ketchup and then yellow sauce is just kind of it's just mustard, mustard basically. Yeah. so red sauce versus brown sauce and you're saying red sauce are you? yeah I think red sauce is more you know you can put it on more di different types of foods better with chips it's sort of supposed to be quite healthy for you as well I, I heard yeah really? yeah I thought it was full of sugar and full of sugar and salt yeah and tomatoes <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I I tend to go for red sauce more than brown sauce. I always remember actually when we were growing up, okay, because I never we never had ketchup when I was a kid. Yeah. Whenever I came to your house, yeah. I mean, when we visited, you had ketchup on everything. Yeah. You're a real ketchup addict. I was a ketchup freak. Yeah. Still am. And um, yeah, I think so. You, you must be a red sauce. 
Yeah, I like red. I like red sauce, but I don't eat it as much as I used to. Um, I've become more sophisticated in my uh, culinary habits. Yeah, you've become more sort of uh, a greater palate. Yeah, I developed my palate. Um, you know, as in painting. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Um, and also, uh, listening people listening to this, like you know, I have people in Italy and, and France and stuff listening oh, yeah. to this, and they'll be like, "Oh, ketchup." Yeah, but they'll also be like, "Oh, brown sauce." I bet they don't have that. They'll be like, "I don't even know what it is." Yeah, and and, it, and also it sounds like shit. It could be, you know, <laughs> brown sauce. I love the way that we call it brown sauce. We we def- we define it by the colour, not by the ingredients. Well, the taste. Like, we don't even know what's in it. Well, brown, we brown, brown, in it, brown in it. sauce. Well, we do. Well, yeah. If you look at the ingredients, but do you know off the top of your head, um, what's in brown sauce? Vinegar, um, yeah. uh, onions. Uh, yes, you don't know. Do I don't you? know. I don't know. No, nor do I. I don't know why it's brown. No, it's I, it's, it's kind of cheap. I probably should know. Anyway, uh, I like brown sauce. Red wins. Red wins. Red sauce wins. But brown sauce when you have a British, uh, a full English breakfast. Oh, I see. Yeah, I see candy. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, next one is book. A book like a normal traditional book in your hands versus an Amazon Kindle. Oh. Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a book geek, as you know. Yeah. I spend, you know, as, a, as your previous podcast will testify, I spend a lot of time on the London Underground, mm-hmm. and I read a lot. And I like books because you, obviously there's the artwork on the front, and mm-hmm. they're quite kind of robust. You can read them in the bath, you can chuck them around. Yeah, you can you take them onto the beach. You can give them to a friend. Yeah. You know, you can pass them around, and diff- there's different kind of fonts you as can, well, which is nice. throw the book onto the floor if you... Disagree yeah. with what the writer has said. Yeah, you can also you can store them. You know, they're quite colourful. They're not. They make quite nice ornaments in your house. Yeah. You can see in front of you all the different books you've read. Very pretty decorations on your shelves. How, how, having said that, the last two books I read was um, the Steve Jobs biography and also Murakami's One Q Eighty Four. Right. Both big tomes, heavy books to carry around with me. Yes. And a Kindle would have been way more convenient. I've talked about this on the podcast before in an episode called the, I think, the ice cream episode, and uh, I stated my case in, in that episode quite clearly. You came down on which side? The book. I, I prefer the book myself, but maybe this is just because I don't own a Kindle. Maybe I'm just angry that yeah, just, I don't have one. Maybe you're reactionary. But, you know, I don't, I just don't, but I've seen adverts for the Amazon Kindle, and there's like the advert would be like a like a someone's bag like their bag they're taking on holiday to the beach yeah. and there's like some sunglasses some sun some suntan lotion and an Amazon Kindle like nestled in the top of the bag and it's like yeah. don't try and convince me that that's a good thing to take to the beach don't try and tell me that the Amazon Kindle is a good thing that should be put in contact with sand, salt water, and suntan lotion yeah. it's it's a recipe for disaster. Um, I think that you sh- don't, don't don't believe what they tell you in the adverts. Don't take a Kindle onto the beach. You're only, you're not going to enjoy yourself. You're not going to be able to relax because you're going to be like, oh, is the Kindle okay? You know, yeah, don't get any sand on it. You know that kind of thing. And um, so I think that's nonsense. Uh, but I know that there are good things about the Kindle, like the fact that you can. If you're learning English, um, you can scan through the words, and if you find a word that you're reading in the Kindle, you can click on it. And if you've downloaded a like a dictionary application, or if you're online, oh, it just tells you what you it means. You can tell, you can find out the definition of so that word. So if I were to learn Spanish, that would be quite useful. Exactly, exactly. So there are various advantages, but let's face it: what we want to do when we read a book. We don't want to fart around on the internet. We just want to read the book, right? Yeah. So, 
have a normal traditional book in your hands. You can play, you can bend the book, you can fold over the corners, you can write notes on it, um, you can take it to the beach, you can uh, sneeze on it, whatever you want to do, yeah. and you don't have to worry about breaking it. You know, so that for me is, is enough of a reason to just keep the book, even though. I could, if I just saved all the money that I'd spent on on books over the last year, I probably could afford a Kindle. Anyway, okay, Prince, um, Prince William versus Prince Harry. Ooh. In a fight, in a physical fight, who Harry, would win? Harry. Harry would win in a physical fight because he's, he's he's ginger, isn't he? Does that make him harder? Makes him well, it makes him harder, but also easier to hate in theory. Really? Yeah. That's a bit racist, isn't it? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit gingerist. Gingerist. Yeah, gingers get a hard time. It's kind of, it's almost like you're allowed to be racist against gingers, which is a strange thing. Yeah. But um, Harry's a bit edgier, a bit more kind of prone to making public mistakes. I think he's a bit more tough. I don't get the tougher. impression that William is that tough. No. He's a bit sort of like, uh, you know, actually, actually I'd rather not fight if it's all the same to you. Yeah. Whereas Harry would be like, right, come on then! You know, he's a bit more... In Although that's not how he speaks, but I imagine. Come on, Come on then, you rosser! I'll give you what for! Um, something like that. Um, also, Harry looks like he could drink more than William. Yeah, he does. He looks like he would line up a load of shots and just knock them back, whereas William would have a glass of wine. William would bed. be like, I don't think Kate would approve if I, if I drank uh, vodka, yeah. uh, Harry. And Harry's like, come on, William, don't be such a wuss. Come on, bull. Get these, get these, <laughs> come on, horse face, get this vodka down your throat. Um, yeah, I, I agree. So Harry wins. Harry's, Harry's the best, even also, though he's Harry's not a better name than William, really, isn't it? Wills. 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 Harry. Actually, his name's Henry. Harry. Oh, is it? His full name, his real name is Henry. As in King Henry. As in King Henry, but his nickname is Harry. Yeah. This is like his sort of, uh, his informal name is Harry, but his actual... Rusty. Rusty. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> fluffy, fluffy balls. Um, okay, Gibson versus Fender. These, uh, can you explain what Gibson versus so Fender Gibson means? And, uh, Gibson, both Gibson and Fender are guitar manufacturers. And these are the most, pos mo the most popular types of guitar. So it's either a Gibson, most people will either buy a Gibson or a Fender. There are other guitar makers like Ibanez and Martin and other things like that, but Gibson and Fender are basically the most the two most famous ones and um, Gibson like Slash from Guns N' Roses um, Jimmy Page played a Gibson Les Paul Neil Young um, uh, Pete Townsend played lots of guitars but he famously played a Gibson SG uh, yeah. in the early 70s uh, anyone else uh, Eric Clapton started playing Gibson and then he yeah. moved to Fender and also they've recently become quite kind of commonplace like people like Noel Gallagher playing Gibson, Noel, Gibson guitars Noel Gallagher played Gibsons well. and there are Lots, plenty of other famous uh, Gibson players. Uh, Fender, uh, probably Jimi Hendrix, you know, the Fender Stratocaster. No, he did play a Flying V as well. He Gibson did. Flying v. But his but, yeah. most famous guitar was the Fender Stratocaster. As was, as was Hen Hendrix. I mean, um, Clapton was a Fender guy, really, as well. In the end, but he star his best guitar work was the Gibson, I think. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Um, it's Fender. Um, I couldn't choose. I couldn't choose. I own a Gibson Les Paul. Yeah. Um, and I love it. But actually, I kind of always want a Fender. When it comes to the bass guitar, the Fender is the king. That's true. Because that true. 
Fender bass. That is a strange oddity, actually, that there aren't really Gibson bass guitars you used can, very widely. You can get Gibson all. SG basses. And they're not like, popular. It's no, amazing, they're, they're not really very popular, but, but Fender just make the best basses. Yeah, they uh, do. Apparently. Uh, but in terms of electric guitars, well, Fender make the Telecaster and the Stratocaster and others. Gibson make like, the Gibson SG, the Les Paul, the Les Paul Jr., and some other the things. The 335, which is the um, f holes Jazz style one. Yeah, which, you know, um, Lennon on Let It Be played one of those. Right, okay. I, uh, yeah. Can't choose. They're I, both I, good. They're I want both, please. Yes, I want, please. I want, uh, I want both Gibson and Offender. Um, tea versus coffee. Ooh, so I was, I was more tea, but coffee is more of a drug, you know. Yes, it you is. Get up in the morning. Oh, just mm. Um, coffee, now, if I had to, for the rest of my life, if I had to only have one of them, um, it would be coffee. Right. Um, it has a practical really? application. Really? You could only, you only have coffee? I would only, yeah. I would have tea every time. Yeah, I don't drink much tea these days. Uh, I love tea. It, it relaxes me, um, and, uh, it's, I think it's good for me, good for my soul. Yeah. Um, I think it's healthy if you don't have milk. And, uh, but coffee, if I drink too much, I can't sleep. Yeah, also, drink it in the morning. Drink it in the morning, it wakes me up. That's yeah. true. It does give me a nice buzz. See, I'm a night owl, so I don't need coffee in the evening, but right. I'm, a, I'm not an early bird, so I do need right. it in the morning. Right. Um, but you? Well, I don't need coffee in the morning. I, I'm okay. I'm okay. I can provide my own energy, but I do need a kick sometimes in the morning, and coffee does the job. Yeah. So coffee is a bit like fuel. So in a way, like in the morning, coffee, in the afternoon, tea. Maybe that's a good uh, way of Yeah, I think it. that's true. Yeah. We can't, we wouldn't, neither are being rejected. Yeah, yeah, we want to keep both, uh, but at different times. Um, okay, uh, I've had a couple of missed calls on my phone, which I should probably um, attend to in a moment. Um, we're, we're running out, we're slowly getting through these topics. Cats versus dogs, I prefer cats. I prefer cats. I, I think dogs... That's because dogs are thick. Dogs, dogs are stupid. I've, I've talked about cats and dogs before, and it seems that dogs, uh, cats don't really need us. They're just, they're just uh, in my opinion, the cat's attitude is like, I don't need you. Mm. Um, Which I'm makes just, it more gratifying I'm when just, they stick around. I'm just hanging around for my own pleasure because yeah. it's warm and you provide me with food, but basically I don't really need you. They're low-maintenance cats. They are. They're, the, yeah, they're more independent, whereas dogs are clingy. Dogs are extremely high-maintenance. If you had a girlfriend who was more like a dog or a cat, you'd choose a cat, surely. Uh, well, I guess so. Well, I don't really want to make like, that a comparison. Imagine if you, a dog would be phoning you every five minutes. What are you up to? <laughs> you know, yeah, well, uh, they're yeah. really demanding and clingy, so I'd go for a cat. I'm not saying I would have sex with a cat or a dog. But the cat... If I had to, I'd choose a cat. Okay. <laughs> We went down a little strange avenue there where you compared uh, girls to animals. Uh, it's either it's a pussy or it's a bitch, and I know which one I would choose. Okay, so um, let's see. Indiana Jones versus Lara Croft. For sex or well, generally? Um, well, are we still on that subject? I think this is clear because I, um, I don't think that they would compete. I think they would probably, because, you know, Indiana, he would just probably bone her, wouldn't he? <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so next, football versus rugby. Football. Football, really? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I, to play, I prefer to play football, and to be honest, I do prefer to watch football. But um, they say that uh, football is a gentleman's game played by hooligans, yeah. and rugby is a hooligans game played by gentlemen, and I think it's true. Yeah, I think that's quite true. Because football should be a gentleman's game because they stand up, they, there isn't that much physical contact, although there, there, there is a fair amount. Not anymore. Um, 
but um, but the people who play it have got no class, as in my opinion. Um, whereas in rugby, uh, it's very violent. It's like a very tough sort of game. They roll around on the floor a lot, and yet the people who play it are total gentlemen. Ironic, isn't well, it? Not total gentlemen. Well, they. I mean, they. They the don't. Beer-swilling sort of. Yeah. Oppressed homosexuals. But on the pitch, they don't act like prima donnas. No, that's very true. They have a pro- if they're going to fight, they properly fight. The football players are pathetic, in my opinion. <laughs> they're like, if you all, all you need to do is sneeze on a footballer and he jumps to the ground, you know, with his hands on his face, like, oh, you sneezed on me, you know. They're pathetic. They and they they're like pathetic, um, bad actors. Yeah, they. You know. Are. Um, what was that one? That was individualism versus collectivism. It's just too late for us to talk about some other <laughs> philosophical topic. And we're rushing through. We've got about four of these left. So Jason Bourne versus James Bond. Oh. Jason, Jason Bourne is the, um, the, the, the guy from the Bourne identity, uh, played by uh, Matt Damon. Yes. Um, and so what do you think? Jason Bourne versus James Bond. Well, it's a tricky one because, uh, strangely... Um, the latest Bond is sort of a Bourne ripoff. Yeah, the, the, the Daniel Craig James Bond is very influenced by Jason Bourne. Yeah. But if they had a fight... Bourne. But, hold on a minute. Don't you think it's more feasible for Jason Bourne to die than it is for James Bond to die? Yes, that's true. James Bond can never die. But if, you know, fast forward in another 17 Bourne movies, then you'd be in the same place. I think that's... We're not going to have 17 Bond movies. No, you're right, we're not. Um, and we've already had over 17 Bond films. Yeah. I think James Bond is more Bond wins, right, Bond. immortal than, than, than Bourne. Uh, although I think Bourne is, like, really good. I love the Bourne films. I think they're really tough. And they're really made, I love the ideas. They're amazing. Cowboys versus aliens. Well, it's aliens, isn't it? Because, you know... Especially the aliens from the, the, the Ridley Scott aliens yeah, yeah, yeah. movies. They're just badass. And some cowboy like, You ain't from round here, are you? And all the alien would do is like, thunk, you know, just kill the cowboy in, in one move. So it's clear to me that it's, uh, it's aliens. Uh, bear, a bear versus a shark. In what, in what environment? Well, that's the, that's the question, isn't it? You know, How you'd, much have water? To, you'd have to define the playing area. And it would have to be an even, like an even uh, level playing field. So there would be enough water for the shark to swim around, but not too much, so that the bear could like move around as well without having to swim. So like sort of you know knee high water, so the shark could move around, yeah. but so that the bear would also be able to sort of r- move around. The bear can't like escape to land; they just have to fight with e- each other in that in that arena. I think the bear would. I think the bear would win. I think the bear would win as well because, for me, the shark has to go deep and then come up to strike its victim from below. Whereas it also drown it slightly and you know drag it down and yeah, the bear would maybe just grab the shark um, and then just bite it. You know. Anyway, I've been into that. I've I did a whole podcast episode on that. Uh, okay. I can't remember who won. I think it was the bear actually that, that I won. Think the bear. Yeah. There's different makes. Well, there's different makes of shark as well. Anyway, different yeah. makes of shark, <laughs> yeah. like you know, Apple versions of sharks and Microsoft the, the, sharks. The tiger model, the sort of the white, the great white model. Yeah, like the polar model of bear, and then there's the the, the grizzly the standard the grizzly. Black. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay. okay. Uh, and finally, this is the last thing in the hat. This is pirates versus ninjas, and uh, that I've written that because 
that's m- one of the most debated battles on the internet, actually. What do you think? Pirates versus ninjas. That's a tricky one. In what? Give me some context. In let's, what? Let's say, let's say, for example, a, a pirate ship has travelled the seven seas yeah. and they end up sort of coming into uh, a port. Let's say they end up sort of floating into like, Kyoto or Tokyo or something back in the... When would it be? Like, when were pirates around? Sort of 16th, 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 16th century? 17th, 16th, 17th century. I don't know if that's when ninjas were around as well. Did they ever exist? What, ninjas? Pirates. Pirates, yeah, f- of course they did. Did they? The loads of them were there. Arr! Okay, yeah. Of course they did. Think but about you know, it. But pirates in that sense. Pirates are penzance. Yeah, that's a panto, though. No, but there were, pi- there were pirates. Did they have, like, eye patches and stuff? Well, I don't know if they did have eye patches. They Probably some of them did. But, um... But imagine that, like, pirates, um, you know, so who, who dominated the seas, stealing yeah. from other boats, they managed to eventually find their way all the way around to Japan. Maybe sort of Portuguese pirates who, who um, um, were the, one of the first um, sea-born empires to travel around the world. And Portuguese um, and the Dutch. settlers went to Japan. Yeah. Um, and there's some people say that the, the word arigato, meaning uh, thank you, comes from the Portuguese obrigado. Because they were quite polite. Because they were quite polite, and you know, maybe they taught the Japanese how to say thank you. Yeah, maybe they were I, rude before they. I don't. Do you think the Japanese didn't have a word for thank you before the Portuguese arrived? I doubt. I, I don't know. Maybe they I, just sort of punched you in the punched your teeth down your throat. You think so? <laughs> they would have done it in a Japanese way, though, wouldn't they? Yeah, they yeah. Have, I don't know. They would have like silently sort of. Uh, you, you would just suddenly realise that your teeth were down your throat, and you wouldn't know how. It's like some ninja had like pulled your teeth down your throat without you realising. You'd like sneaked inside your body and pulled your teeth into Yanked your, your teeth back. inside. He's like, and there was a ninja hiding in your throat, and he just picked all the teeth out of your mouth and pulled them into the throat in a split second, and then like disappeared. And leapt out. That's what a ninja would probably yeah. do. And then he would just slice you in half. With I his... think that is your answer. <laughs> ninja, yeah, it's the ninja, isn't it? Ninjas are much better than pirates. <laughs> I think so. But if you can yeah, imagine yeah. this pirate ship slowly floating into a dock in a port in in Japan somewhere in the seventh, sometime in the seventeenth century, yeah, the pirate to be like, ah, tis a new land, a rich bounty of treasure for uh, for the taking, and they'd be like congratulating themselves on finding this new land. Little do they know, the ship is being surrounded by invisible ninjas in the yeah, water, already up, you know, halfway up the mast, and throwing star- death stars. And next thing you know, all these pirates have got have had all their teeth punched down their throats uh, from the inside by invisible um, ninjas. Yeah. So I think we can agree conclusively that in the end. It's the ninjas who would win, and I'm now going to put this fez on my head in a celebration. De- you declare this debate completely. De- declare this, this ridiculous set of debates completely finished. That's the end of this episode. Uh, you can visit the webpage to, to just see all of the um, things that we've just debated there in a big list. Yeah, and- I think you should call this podcast Luke versus Oliver. Luke versus Oliver. Okay, there's the name. I will do. That's what I'm going to call it. Um, so do visit the page, and you'll see all of the, the the words that we've just debated, and you can Google them and things like that if you if you want to know more. Um, that's it though for this episode. Thanks very much for listening. Bye 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 bye. bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Luke's English Podcast. Don't forget to visit teacherluke.podomatic.com for more information.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.